0: All right, I'm going to take a stab at this intro part. So it's going to be edited anyway. So anyways, life is staked. shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the list podcast. We love skateboarding. We love life. We thought we would talk about it. And share what we have to save the world. Life is skate talk. No pros, no sponsors. Just three aging skaters desperately clinging to their youth.
1: For this first episode, we really just wanted to to have a chance to talk about how we all got started in skateboarding and how we got on our boards for that first push.
0: Minor point, though. As well, I think I'm going to change the Instagram handle to Life is Skate Talk as opposed to the List Podcast because the Gmail is Life is Skate Talk, so we oh yeah yeah consistent. <laughs> and there are a, are a couple of other the list podcasts already like the the name so that was yeah, already yeah, taken I saw which that. is
1: yeah right this <laughs> is this comes down to my my um expert research skills that i developed in university yeah which involve googling something and like standard google looking at the first page of results and if it's not there it doesn't exist right right so so when we kind of over the name i think i googled list podcasts and like didn't really see anything so right. like oh yeah no, no one's got that
0: so, we can basically mark our territory. We're like that that
1: yeah.
0: fox that's out of the woods. It's like this is new territory for us. So, we're going to pee in every corner. And we, we basically don't smell the pee of other foxes or wolves or coyotes or right, dogs right. or whatever. So, and yeah. what are we talking about? We're talking about why we kept skating all these years? Yeah. Yeah. So, probably the best way to really get into it, like we, we thought we would break it down into three main questions, right? So, the first one uh, is. An easy one, I think that a lot of skateboarders get asked all the time and especially the older you are, the older you look and you're still carrying on a skateboard, I think one of the first questions from either, you know, a person in a suit that gives you this weird stare is kind of like, well, how long, you know, like, well, it's not really how long you skate, like you're still skateboarding. And it almost reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of first love. I think where Ryan Gallant is. You know giving it the introduction to his part and i think he even says that he gets that question like you know for so many people it's like well you, you're you're how old and you still skate you know there's that sort of negative connotation like this is only for kids or this is you know you're supposed to have given it up after 21 or 25 or whatever that is you know in, insert arbitrary age yeah uh, there but um but on the the other side of it i mean the other tone that you could take is more so of a, you know from an inquisitive uh stance or nature and saying you know how like how long have you been skating because as a skateboarder when you see someone else that's been skating you know whether they're super comfortable or or not um when you get that you know when they land a trick that that they're hyped on and that makes you hyped on it it's always good to be like oh yeah you know yeah, yeah man i've been skating for 20 years or Man, only I got back into skating maybe you know three years ago, or you know trying to trying to relearn tricks or trying to get that. So I think for the first question, it might at face value seem like a pretty straightforward one. You know, how long have you been skating? But we thought that that probably would be the best way to to really get into the discussion on why we kept skating all these years. So with that said, I don't know. You want me to just dive in? <laughs> that's the, sure, that's yeah. the that's the first kind of answer my own question. <laughs> <and then pass laughs> we'll
1: we'll cut it and rearrange it. So. Okay, cool, cool. See.
0: Are we live? Um, <laughs> we live. <laughs> I also thought about, you know, I and mean, we can edit this out or whatever, but it's like, you know, those Alcoholics Anonymous meetings? It's like, hi, I'm Sawyer. I'm a skateboarder. I ride Goofy. I've been skating for 24 years. <laughs> it's like, and then from there, it's like, do you go on to what size of board you skate, or do we save that for another episode? <laughs> but, um,
1: Started out with 7.5s, <laughs> and I gradually moved up to 7.75. Yeah, yeah. Before <laughs> I knew it, it was 8.25, and there's no turning back.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck at 8, thankfully, because my Thunder 147s, I don't really want to upgrade to a 148. <laughs> I don't want to relearn how to, even though it won't take yeah. me, I don't think that long to relearn. But anyways, yeah, I've been skating for 24 years, and I don't intend on stopping Chin, I guess. How long have you been skating for?
2: All right. It's either 22 or 21. Yeah. I don't really remember what age I started at, but it was around that period of time. And for clarity, not including rollerblading, longboarding, because we keep
0: having to go back to that. I'm just kidding.
2: Not, not including those two. Yeah. I started <laughs> skateboarding only with the occasional football, soccer, track and field in between.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say though the soccer I think actually helps with skating, doesn't it? Not? Or at least, in, I mean, I, I don't play soccer or football or you know, but I think, I think I would enjoy it because it's very it's like oh, no hands like you you're you're forced to be comfortable with you know the the muscle memory that's built with just using your feet and right. your, you know your shins yeah. and your quads or your legs, um, so I guess intuitively. I would assume that that would help with skateboarding. Again, I've only you know kicked around a, a soccer ball with my friends at the park. I never played yeah. you know, rec league or, or
2: nothing crazy, but maybe it, maybe it helps with just being comfortable with your feet and moving your feet around like ankles and so on. So maybe right, it right. I can't really say, or maybe just with the strength in your legs. Um, yeah. I, I do have to say one thing though. I could never, play soccer first and then skate it would always have to be skate first and then soccer because it just wouldn't work in terms of the strength of my legs and like how precise you would have to move with skateboarding versus yeah. soccer so from that perspective for me skateboarding was always more like the, the challenging thing to do
0: <laughs> that's interesting I, re- I remember um before we get off the soccer tip um <laughs> I remember getting upset with Jin because I think a few times it'd be like, let's go skate. And this is back in, you know, university days. And you'd be like, Oh man, I can't, I twisted my ankle from soccer. I'm like, God damn it. Why did you have to play soccer? It's like, you know, he could have been skating with us. So I don't like when I think back, it's like, I don't, I don't think I'm making, I'm not making it up. Right. I think there were, I, I think there were two or three times where, yeah, I was like, hey, let's go, let's go session or whatever. And you're like, oh man, I can't. I got to roll the ankle from soccer. I'm like, fuck,
2: dude. There's one time. Well, our football, our soccer team did pretty well during that time, um, so that was all good. Yeah. So I, I let down, I guess, the skate guys one time by twisting my ankle while I'm playing football, and then I let down the football team down one time when I was trying to do a backside heel, and then I just oh. totally messed up my ankle. Oh, yeah. So it goes both ways. <laughs> so, those, yeah. So, you basically, your soccer um,
0: compatriots were complaining about the same thing I'm complaining about. So, you've got like the worst. Why Why,
2: why do you even <laughs> skate? Come on. Yeah.
1: You got to score goals for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you're up. How many years? It's Yeah. It's been uh, 24 years for me as well. Like I, I mentioned last time. It's been kind of a light uh, go for the last while for me. Like, I it's it's been twenty five, uh, sorry, twenty four years total, but I, it's been a lot of light skating for the past like eight ten years. You know, I've I've been on the board that long, but not as consistently. I was thinking about this, and I feel like as I don't know if it's similar in Japan or not because I'm uh, a little bit ignorant, so I, I don't know what your climate's like there. But uh, I feel like a year in canadian skating is not the same as like a year in u.s skating or something like that so because like uh, i don't know we we've got the weather to deal with through the winter and um, there's not always an indoor spot to go and and things like that you know so i I like to uh i don't know i like to excuse my my lack of skill by (laughs) by blaming external factors and uh that's that's one of them. But uh, yeah, I've been skating for twenty four years, but really it's more like twelve because we only get half the year. But yeah, I
0: think yeah. <laughs> that totally makes sense. They should actually come up with some, you know, equivalency or some formula that you could plug in some numbers and, and it'll come Are up Because you, you if you're did. in <laughs> Southern California, right? I mean it's sunny all day, you know, you're either surfing or you're skateboarding. Am I right? So it's like you know, they're they're naturally if you're skating more or have, have the ability to to skateboard. Not to mention the ground, because I mean
1: yeah, yeah, ground up here is pretty rough. I also have to say that like even if you count it as twelve years, I I probably should be better than I am. So it's it's not like that's like a full excuse. California too,
2: right? It doesn't really rain that much there, does it? So that's another another thing. In Japan we get we have the rainy season and typhoons and so on, so there is a bit of downtime in that sense. But yeah, I remember coming back for winter break from toronto to here and i would be in a t-shirt during the winter because it would be that warm compared to toronto right you can definitely get some more skating in in that sense and even in switzerland i have to say depending on where you are i was pretty lucky when i was there in the sense that it was mild enough to be able to skate during the winter of course we'd have to wait a little bit but nothing compared to toronto weather that i was skating in with with uh sawyer for example at 3 a.m in the morning and like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <cold weather. laughs> and
0: I think from, from that and it really tests your, I mean, not only the discipline that you have in the winter to to keep it up, I guess going into what kept you skating all these years, there's definitely, and everyone's going to say this, I mean, it's the fun aspect, right? It, I mean, skateboarding is fun inherently, you know, and then when you think about it further, it's like you break it down, you try to deconstruct it. It's fun, but there are definitely those times In the winter, in the dead of winter, right, where it's, you know, minus 15 outside feels like minus 25. And you really want to pick up that board and go out and skate, even if it's, you know, on the street, like outdoors. But there's that, it's like, yeah, maybe I just want to stay inside and play video games. Or maybe I just want to. Um, And then you get into this dangerous sort of cycle of making an excuse every day of not skating when you really want to skate even though again it's fun and you want to get out there but there's yeah there's definitely that that inhibiting factor i think from weather Um, even if
1: you do get out there though it's not the the same thing right like you can't i remember early days like when i had first kind of started as long as the road was dry like it, it didn't matter how cold it was right i'd still go out but you can only do so much like my lungs would be burning from the cold your body just doesn't work as well when when it's that cold out and yeah um You know, so you get out there, but it's not the same as being able to actually get out and skate.
0: Yeah. The enjoyment factor definitely goes down. I mean, it takes just 20 minutes to warm up. If you can get warmed up, I mean, you're in, you're in, you know, toque and gloves and then just looking forward to spring. But once, you know, that first warm day and I, you know, whether it's in the winter, maybe you get lucky with it with a day in late February or March, and it'll get cold again. But that one good day, yeah, yeah. if you get out, it's just greatest feeling.
1: Yeah, No, I, I wanted to ask you guys about this, too, because for me, I had to be bussed across town for school. And and that's where I met skaters. So all the skaters I knew lived across town from me. So when I was home, it was just kind of me. And so I just didn't skate as much because uh, like the social aspect of it was always a huge thing for me it was a huge part of the motivation right and so i i had this like rhythm i guess where like in the fall and in the spring i would skate a ton because i like the the weather was good and i was around people who skated and i like i just had that fire kind of lit under me and then in the winter obviously like i i didn't really skate much and then even in the summer I, i i didn't even skate as much in the summer as i did in the spring and fall because i wasn't around those people anymore so it's uh like i don't know it's just kind of funny like I, I i developed like this almost like a biological rhythm where like when the weather starts to turn i like the fire lights and i just want to skate and then as soon as it gets into like either winter or summer i just sort of naturally lose a little bit of that fire i don't know i, I was curious if you guys had like not similar uh, I don't know, related experiences or something i guess like Maybe you're tapping into that
2: social aspect of skateboarding, right? Because the social might be the part that lit that fire and kept you going in that sense. So Yeah, yeah, I think for me too, maybe if I have like a skate buddy who's also motivated to skate, then despite weather, then like I would be able to go out and so on. But if I didn't really have anybody around, maybe I'd be home and be like, yeah, maybe I'll just skate tomorrow. Maybe not today you know i'm on my own kind of thing so i guess the degree of like how much you appreciate and your motivations can also be influenced by that given that now we're all like virtually connected and still like talking to each other it's a curious this like pseudo experience that we are skating together type of thing so that yeah yeah nice in terms of like keeping me more motivated and out there
0: yeah it's a huge part because i know i've i've uh you, know, you hear these stories too Especially little kids talking about skateboarding at the skate park. So this is, you know, a few years back, but I guess it it applies today. Where it's like, you know, so and so, like, oh, Tommy. And again, it's not like our crew. <laughs> Other, you know, overhearing, you know, kind of just skating, overhearing conversation at the skate park. It's like, oh yeah, Tommy. He you, see, you hear what he did yesterday? He he'll flip the three stair over there, and then and then a year goes by, and that same crew of kids is there talking about skating because they're still skating. It's like, you know, but where's Tommy? It's like, oh, he quit like, you know, eight months ago. It's like, oh, why'd he quit? He's like, yeah, well, he's just, he moved away or, and didn't, didn't find a crew to skate with. And so I could definitely see that, you know, being a, a factor of making it that much more difficult to to enjoy skateboarding. Because yeah, and a very important part of it is the, the social aspect. Um, for me after school, yeah, after school in high school, when I met, you know, my friends, um, my friend Conte, for example, we would go, um, he would come over to my house and him and a bunch of other friends and then we would go to the community center which is close to my house and we called it this nickname we call it bc it was like yeah we're gonna head to bc it had this like really crappy ledge and uh, parking lot and stuff so and we did that for like what grade grade 9 grade 10 grade 11 like a good three years of uh, you know after school was a thing that we would go to the community center i would say though after when conte got his license and we could drive to spots that was a game changer so we didn't we weren't really tied to that one skate spot anymore but it was that routine after school routine that skate you know we'd go to that spot right.
1: yeah the social aspect is big it's it's interesting too because like like i know jin you you were, you mentioned it i think last time and, and like we've talked about it outside of this as well like we're kind of introverts right like we're we're people who you know, are, are a little more hesitant to put ourselves out there and things like that. And kind of we're okay with our alone time and things. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to me that the social aspect of it is such a big part of it for us, because it's like people who are kind of not antisocial, but, you know, like socially reluctant or, or something like that also get get lit up by this social need that's satisfied through skateboarding, right? It's funny, I read uh, um, Kim Gordon's book, Girl in a Band, and uh, she makes a comment in, in there about, um, she's talking about the, her bandmates and, and like the the three guys in the band. She men- mentions how male friendships are always triangular. There's always something in the middle that kind of bonds them together. So like female friendships, I, it, according to to her in this book, female friendships are more direct. They're interested in the person Kind of thing like on a social level whereas um i guess because of like the all of the constructs surrounding masculinity males often need something kind of in between them that they can bond over right so yeah i don't know i, I just i find that to be like an interesting connection because you know like the three of us i would say are pretty good friends and we've been pretty open with each other and, and things over the years but at the same time like you know, we, we are friends because of skateboarding.
0: Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense because, you know, again, when I was trying to really ask myself what's kept me going these years, apart from, you know, it's fun. Cause again, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and when you really deconstructed, you know, the so social aspect for sure. And then there's this almost friendly competition as well even though it's not compete you're not saying oh well i can kick flip better than you or i can you know it's, it's less quantitative but you're not trying to measure yourself up with with another person but there's that friendship where the people you skate with push you to become better and progress and i think that's linked with accomplishing your goals in terms of you know skating goals whether you, you want to try and learn a new trick or conquer a a uh, a fear or you know do do a do a trick over a bigger obstacle or something like that but your friends in your crew or your social, you know, circle or your skate circle help you to yeah to to get that accomplishment and and self, you know, satisfaction. So it's interesting cuz it's again, you, you know, John you're saying that it's it's skateboarding that that is united us or that kept us together and we, it's one thing that not only brought us together but you know that we still have in common. And if you think about how different of, you know, jobs that we have or careers, you know, the career path that we chose to go down, there's obviously still this united love for and appreciation for skateboarding. And when we talk about skateboarding, it it comes back to, at least for me, I think it ties uh, back into, you know, there, again, it's not like skateboarding is just all about, you know, what tricks you could do, but these skate oriented goals and how we push each other to learn new tricks and find that uh, enjoyment out of, really accomplishing, you know, and learning. Cause that, that feeling of landing either your first kick or again, landing a, a trick that you've never done before and you've worked really hard for it to see that enjoyment of, I mean, sure. When you land it yourself, it's, it's awesome. I think I even get more enjoyment watching you guys learn a new trick and then telling, you know, me about it. I legitimately get so hyped about that. And I think that's and, something special. Yeah.
1: You know? yeah. Like, like, I think the, like the friendly competition thing that you mentioned, it's like, I'm not like I'm someone who has never really identified with a lot of the characteristics and and norms of traditional masculinity right and and one of those things is like this hyper competitiveness where you have to be like the best whatever you do like you need to succeed and you need to be like at the pinnacle and and all that shit and I think that's what's different is that it's like There's obviously like the, there's skill disparity between skaters, right? Like some skaters are better than other skaters at, at doing tricks and learning tricks and and whatever, but that's not really what it's about. And it's not competitive, it's supportive. So when I see you guys landing things that I know, like I will likely never do on a skateboard, it still gets me hyped up. It's not discouraging, right? It's like, it's like, I'm kind of that process that you were talking about. Like I'm watching you set a goal work at it and reach it and so i i have like this this um uh, like like kind of joy and pride and in, in watching you achieve that and then i also can identify with it because even though it's a different trick or a different skill set or whatever i i know that feeling i know that feeling of working at something and accomplishing that goal and in addition to that then like when you're when you're actually in a real session with someone and you're trying different tricks and whatever you're still pumping each other up right like you're still getting each other going and and like encouraging each other and things like that so yeah it removes that competitive element from it and replaces it with something that is like compassionate and supportive and yeah i don't know i i think that's something that's you know allowed me to maintain an interest over a long stretch of time right because you don't get you don't get burnt out or or I mean, you can get discouraged, obviously, and, and like, like, I've always felt insecure going to skate parks and, and having to like skate in front of people and stuff like that. And but at the same time, there's enough positivity and enough supportiveness um, to, to outweigh that
2: not saying much because I definitely I pretty much agree with everything that's been said, I mean, around <laughs> the competition and everything like that healthy kind of competition or I guess, nurturing in a sense of one another, like that's really something that i thought about in the past too. And like, when you talk about skate buddies or just someone to skate with, I think that's part of what they do, right? They sort of push you and they're like, oh, what about you do like, try that trick. I think you can do that trick, you know? And they sort of push you. It's not a competition, but they're like pushing you to challenge yourself and try to overcome something. So yeah. I think that's really helped with my growth because I just end up doing tricks I can always do. So if I don't have somebody there to sort of be like, Yeah, you can probably do like a nose guard and shove it out. Come on, you know, kind of thing, then <laughs> be like, really? Yeah. Can I? Okay, maybe I'll give it a shot and then yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's honest, amazing. Jin.
0: Like, I know I was gonna say Jin's, Jin's been he always skates the fastest and the best out of our <laughs> of <the> crew. <laughs> Super wow. humble. Now I remember remember when we were filming uh for one of our videos and um jim sent us all these clips from overseas i remember towards the end of the part did a kickflip 50 on this ledge and i was like god damn it jim <laughs> you got a kickflip <laughs> 50 kickflip i want to do a kickflip nose grind now it's like, <laughs> oh man
1: yes yeah, yeah but I, it's amazing to me how that translates into other areas too like you can you can see it in people. You can see it in in people who grew up playing competitive sports and how they approach the workplace and how they approach relationships and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. And, and and then you can see the same thing in skaters and how you know like not all skaters obviously. Like I you know I want to do an episode at one point about how shitty skate culture is, but um, that's yeah. a separate issue. But uh, but you can see it in people who grew up doing things that are like artistic or you know th- things that aren't rooted in competition things that are rooted in like progress and expression and things like they interact with people in a different way yeah and uh, yeah i don't know it's pretty amazing
2: i was just gonna say i have a little story that just sort of reminded me of that um what you're talking about there john it's a bit of a tangent but i was skating at this no spot. let's hear it. let's go let's go <laughs> skating at the spot and trying to do kickflip manuals on this little manual type of spot it was a two-stair you could just quickly do it and there's three people just walking by and they're like i guess they didn't know i could speak english because we were in tokyo and they're like oh let's watch this guy skate a little bit and i overheard them talking and they're saying i read this article about some ceo saying like how they want to hire skaters because how like motivated and how they just never give up when they're trying a trick so let's see this guy try this trick over and over and see him land it, you know <laughs> so they're standing there for five <laughs> ten minutes or so and just kept on going, trying to land it. And then I finally landed, like, you see, that's why they hire skaters. I was like, <laughs> probably not such a good idea to hire skaters just for that one reason. Because there's plenty of other reasons not to hire them. But anyways. <laughs> Did you say that to them though? Like in, no, in English, no. you'd be like, ha, gotcha. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it in my head. <laughs> but it was it was an interesting thing. Like how my little world and I guess exposed to the larger world that I just wasn't
0: really
1: acquainted with yeah
0: yeah that's a great how, story
1: how amazing is that too to like think of the the difference between like the the rhetoric around skateboarding when we started like, or the popular discourse yeah. around skateboarding when we started versus like oh I hear CEOs are looking for skaters
2: and I told my friend that I was skating at the spot that they're talking about that and this type of things sort where of, they're saying and my friend was like skaters just want to skate (laughs) (laughs) right when i like
0: when when i was
2: when i was working
0: and you know if you're downtown you know very again corporate you know corporate lawyer working and you hear or just want to think about you know other things other than work yeah you just want to skate so so i don't know if that speaks you know well to productivity levels or whatnot. But um, it is interesting though, that, I mean, one of the questions that we have here, you know, from that, that sort of stemmed on from what kept us going all these years. uh, The next question that we have was, you know, how have your points, you know, points of view or perspective, how have they changed over the years? And I almost feel like on a personal level, sure, we can definitely go into, you know, how our own points of view have changed but a large part of it too i think has to do with how skateboarding itself has changed the ceo comment is i mean you know i'm not sure if that would have existed in the 80s or or early 90s right but with skateboarding becoming more mainstream and you know more in the face of of people or rather it's i think it has to do with the fact that maybe one ceo somewhere has kid or kids that skateboard and spend enough time around his son or daughter or, or your kid or whatever, right? And, and it's like, man, these are qualities I really, really want in my employees. <laughs> so yeah. that level of determination and, and you know perseverance and just, I guess, OCD, <laughs> like right? You're obsessively <laughs> compulsive. You just wanna keep trying one trick over and over. It's like, we need that. We need that in, in, our, in our corporate culture for our company. But, but it is interesting to see that develop and how, Again, skateboarding culture has changed um, over the years, and then that in turn would affect how we, from a personal standpoint, view skateboarding and how that's changed. Are we going on to? Yeah, I don't mean to hop onto the next question right now, but it seemed like a good, a good, uh, a good segue in, into into that into that topic. I guess I'll say say this, and then turn it over uh, back to you guys. When I started skateboarding, for me, I, I wanted to learn. I just wanted to learn how to ollie. Jin said it last time too, and it said it very well. Like, you know, standards were quite low. And I, I guess you didn't, I didn't know what I was missing. I just wanted to be able to do it. It looked really fluid as long as a board could magically stick to my feet. And then when I started, you know, flipping through mags, watching skate videos, yeah, I've, I got into the whole, you know, learning all these tricks, sort of rat race and wanted to learn how to do all the different variations and, you know, flip tricks and then take it into grinds and all this stuff. And yeah, I did find enjoyment in that. And I took it quite seriously, although not seriously enough, because, again, didn't do it in a very systematic or smart way. I almost threw myself into it without, (laughs) without having, you know, the foresight of thinking that if I were to have done this in a more, you know, logical, (laughs) sort of progression or way I probably would end up with a larger bag of tricks now but again no regrets I mean looking back
1: <laughs> it, you know, I, I think you're doing fine I think you're doing fine now <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> bag of tricks isn't everything but <laughs> but individual goals and that sort of personal journey aside the other thing that I realized was when you're looking back on how you've matured and changed as a skateboarder you know now being older and wiser definitely more easygoing now and i think i enjoy skateboarding more now because i cherish how precious your time is when you're skateboarding i think i realize that even though i want to say that i skateboard i want to skateboard forever you know i'm limited by the biology or physiology yeah, of yeah. skating and i know that as much as i want to say i'm going to skateboard till i'm 90 or 100 i'm not sure that my legs or ankles can take it so every time that i mean maybe it's just an excuse for me to just buy better gear and sort of splurge now that i have a bit more of a disposable income to you know to really enjoy myself skateboarding but i think that perspective has definitely changed you know that said when i was younger man i I couldn't didn't have that much money so would really ride my boards down until they're you know super razor tailed and almost look like a new shape and I mean, my street isn't doing me any favors right now. I look down at my deck right now and it's pretty razor-tailed and it looks pretty beat up. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so that, that's what one of the things that sort of stuck out for me in terms of just how I've gotten a bit more chill in, in skateboarding and really, really uh, learned how to appreciate it and and value it more.
1: Yeah, no, I like... So I, I've been thinking about this a lot because um, it's something that just kind of interests me in general is uh, like what... What is it about skateboarding that has this appeal and this staying power? And so when you, when you threw this question out, I, like, I, I got me to kind of, I don't know, to, to work through some of those thoughts a little bit. And I, like, I started kind of reflecting on, on what it was when I started and, and, um, initially the appeal of skateboarding for me, like it was, it was two things. It was like seeing it and just wanting to do something that looked that cool and not different from anything else I had seen before but it was also like the the sort of like punk rock rebellion thing for me so yeah like when I first started it was initially like this just this like punk rock thing that I wanted to be like you know bad I wanted to to skateboard and like skip class (laughs) like I I don't know like just all these like stereotypically bad things because I wanted to be like rebellious um and then like as I got into it and started like learning about tricks and stuff, then it went in, like, these phases for me. When I realized all the stuff that you could do, it was it was two things. It was, like, from being introduced to it through my certain circle of friends, I gained this knowledge of, like, what was actually possible on a skateboard. But then that was coupled with, I don't know, this really, uh, like, ever-present thing about sponsorship, right, which was – that the, the way skateboarding worked is you started, you learned the tricks, you got good at the tricks, then you got sponsored and you got a bunch of free shit and got to live the life, right? And um, like for me starting out, that was just kind of, that was the path. And I, I I didn't have that like fire to be a sponsored skater but I just, it seemed like that's what it was. Like that's that was the path that you were on and at some point you were either good enough or you weren't and maybe you would stop doing it. And like, I realized pretty quickly that like, I wasn't on that path. I wasn't going to be good enough to, to be like a sponsored skateboarder. So then it kind of, then, then I got interested in it almost in like an artistic way, thinking about like the style of what you do and like how you, you know, how you do the tricks you can do and, and how like, it's a, it's a way of, you know, expressing yourself and, and things like that. And like that kind of mentality took over for a while. And the thing like as I as just as I think more and more about it and as I think about myself then and as myself, of myself as an adult and and still skating, I, I think like the reason that skateboarding is so important to me and is so appealing to me is that it's it's just like a different way of being. Right. Like it kind of it puts you in like in in the in-between where you're kind of you're operating at once sort of within the confines of all of these like social norms and conventions, but also you're like up against them and trying to operate outside of them. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's what it is. Like, I think for me, it kind of, it opened this door in my thinking about the world. Cause you start out like you start skating and you start seeing things differently, right? Like you start seeing your environment differently and you start, seeing the way that other people respond to your behavior and to, to the way you're interacting with your environment and um, like in our time it was largely negative right like people would get pissed off at you for skating and you realize just how arbitrary all of our behaviors and conventions and everything are and so to me, I think, I think that's what makes skateboarding such a powerful thing. It's that it removes you from the expected path and it it puts you kind of in this state where you have to decide for yourself, you know, what you're going to accept and what you're going to reject. And it's not like, you know, it's not one or the other, like you're not like in the system or against the system. You're just kind of there and you, you realize that, um, you realize how much of our lives and how much of the world are just these arbitrary things that exist because they exist and yep. they they don't have to be the way they are. Right. And, and you can just do things differently if you want to. And I don't know, I think that's why it still has that power for me because like we talked about, like, I, I feel very much like, um, you know, I'm part of that system as a teacher and part of like the, indoctrination of our youth right (laughs) like that's like my job and and so then it becomes about like like how do i navigate that position in a way that feels meaningful and valuable to me outside of what's expected of me and outside of just like doing the opposite just to be you know a pain in the ass or whatever
0: the path is really fascinating because i almost want to hypothesize and say that when we started skateboarding and we, as in, I mean, I'm generalizing here obviously, but there was almost this fantasy that this could be something that you could make a living off of. And, you know, that you could hit it big, like, you know, fame and fortune, like you could be a skateboarder. Like that's a, a thing, like a skater, you could be sponsored and I always maintained to a certain degree that kids who say they never wanted to be sponsored and just skating for fun, were all liars. Like, especially when they first are saying it, because who doesn't want to get free shit, but when you realize, like, there's always a point, it came pretty quickly for me too. I think, you know, there's the hope that, yeah, you know, I might be good enough to get sponsored. I might be good enough to go pro. And then you realize, and you see other more talented, you know, there, there are skateboarders, I can, a ton of them that I've skated with throughout my life that are 10, 100 times much, you know, talented on a, on a skateboard, more comfortable on skateboard than I'll ever be. And so I realized pretty quickly, like, that's not what I, that's not my calling. I'm not going to be a professional skateboarder. Then you ask yourself, which is, I think what you're you're getting at is, what do I want skateboarding to mean to me at that point? And how do I want skateboarding to continue to fit into my life? Outside of the, you know, the fame and fortune and getting free shit sort of mindset. And I think you reached that, that point and and ask yourselves those questions. And I think, look again, looking back, it's always easier when you're deconstructing things and have time to reflect to a certain extent when you're, you know, 17 and realizing you're not, you're not going to be a pro you still make that choice in your head or, or have that, you know, have to find that reason. And it might, you might not think, you know, too deeply about it, but you do make the choice and say, you know what, I'm going to keep skating because I enjoy it because it's fun because I want to keep challenging myself. I want to keep hanging out and laughing with my friends. It's almost like that inflection point. And I think everyone goes through it. I mean, how many how many people are fortunate enough to to really make it, right? Like uh, if I don't know what the statistics are, but I would argue that it's um it's not a very large percentage. Yeah, yeah. You know, that said, I you know, we look at all these clips of how good kids are these days at skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that percentage is going way the heck up and I mean, they are exposed to to, to more skate media. But the other thing I wanted to also mention, which got me thinking based off of what you just said, is, you know, as you grow up with skateboarding as a part of your life, again, choosing for it to be still a part of your life. Not necessarily having skated for the entire time, you know, stopping and going back to it, but you keep going back to it. And that's and that's key. I remember having a discussion with my wife because I really want to be able to skate with my son and my daughter and have them enjoy and have the same amount of fun that I have skateboarding with you guys, with skateboarding in general. And so my son likes scootering more than skateboarding, which is cool. I mean, he likes what he likes. And I, I was talking to my wife and this is where I was saying like, man, I don't want to force anyone to skateboard. I don't want to force my daughter to skateboard. I don't force my son to skateboard. And if I become that dad that forces them to skate, maybe they won't skate. And that's not why I skated. I mean, my dad didn't skate, but if my dad forced me to skateboard, I'd be like, screw you. I don't want to skateboard. Like, why are you forcing me to do something that, you know, that you want? But at the same time, it just, I want them to have that same, all those, you know, gr- good things and great things that come with skateboarding. Uh, but I guess, you know, they have to make their own choices. And, and, and so, you know, I've eased off of that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not an anti scooters you know, skateboard dad forcing my kid to skateboard. But what I'm getting at is it also made me realize in terms of changing, changing perspectives with my kids. I just hope that they find something as fulfilling again, as cliche as that sounds and, and have find the same joy that I find with skateboarding. Um, I hope it is skateboarding, but if it's not skateboarding, you know, something else that, you know, as a parent, you want your kids to to find. And, and yeah, that's a change in, I guess, perspective from, because when I was, again younger because so i would have been like yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be skateboarding with you know with my kids on family vacations we'd go to spots and it's gonna be awesome you know we're gonna go on these skatecations and stuff and
1: well that, that's I mean, what you have to do so that they can get the big money contracts and get them in the olympics and then you get all that money because you're the parent right
0: god damn it so i'm blowing like child it ready. So am like i blowing just, it <laughs> i blew it <laughs>
1: no i i just, i have this funny kind of funny story about like skating with your kids because um i'm the same like I, I i had old boards kicking around and and i i bought like some new trucks and and put together boards for each of my kids because i like i same thing like I, I love skating and i want to share that with them and and um you know it's a lot of fun like it's it's not really anything beyond a toy for them at this point right but uh a little while ago a few weeks ago i i went to the skate park um with my kids in here in town and uh because they were they were asking like i had been going more frequently myself and so they asked me to bring them along and, and so i went with them and when i skate with my kids i don't i don't really skate like i i push around a little bit but i'm mostly just with them like helping them out and stuff and um my older daughter wanted to like ride up the pyramid uh so just like push push out the pyramid ride up the bank and then kind of come back down fakie and uh it was awesome because it was like what it was like watching a like a teenage skater because she was she would push at it and she'd like get scared and like step off the board before she got to the to the bank and then she'd she'd go a little bit faster and like same thing and then eventually like kind of hit the bank and and would like bail um you know and and then like she started to get it and you could see like as she was getting it like she was um you know getting more fired up about it. But then she also had like the typical skater rage. So she would like she'd push at the bank, she'd roll up a little bit and kind of lose her balance coming back down, and she'd be all like pissed off and she'd chase the board and like kind of give it a kick and like then try again. And like so it was just this like I don't know, it was really funny to watch and and uh, That's awesome. it was awesome. Yeah, like because you you know that feeling, right? It's like you're so frustrated, but you're also so excited. And it's it's like this mixture of like joy and anger and, and all these things and and then uh, like she eventually got it so she she pushed at the bank she rolled up the bank came back down fakie and and nice. rolled away and like it was just pure joy right so um, was you the know rage, I don't...
0: like was was the rage at at Carrie uh, gets hockey temper levels or was not it... not she
1: didn't like punch <laughs> herself in the face or anything <laughs> but, uh, but but she was like verbally expressing her frustration. <laughs> and uh yeah i think she gave the board a couple kicks and stuff like that so but uh yeah and then like as soon as she got it then you know that all washed away and she was just happy right so i don't know if um you know i don't know if if it'll take off with with her at all but um in that moment it was it was nice it was good to see like that kind of you know, that, that experience of working out something and getting it in the, in the sense of like pride and relief and everything that we experience. Right.
2: Those are the type of skaters that the CEO was talking about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> senior management right there. I don't know. I'm still trying to become a pro skater. So I don't know what you guys are. talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> Tired
1: skateboards, right? <laughs> tired, tired skateboards. I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. My last hope. <laughs> or I can just start making my own. <laughs> a, pro. <laughs> I, I think that's a totally viable option. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, join, join the hundreds of companies that, that are welcome to
2: the to 2019, 2020s. <laughs> in terms of like changing perspectives and around skateboarding and so on, I, I probably won't go as deep as you guys have gone. But for me, it's just trying to do my own thing. We talked about this before too, but like not really fitting in and just trying to find something where... could do your own thing and possibly create your own space i just didn't realize that skateboarding was that popular at that time and maybe i was just you know part of that wave too but yeah initially that was just my thing like finding my own thing doing my own thing and then quickly you know identifying with all the skate merchandise and being like yeah i'm a skater so you know you dressed up like a skater you have the skate shoes and my regular foot, it's this damage. I can do all these tricks. My boards, all these scratches. So it became a part of my identity from that perspective. You know, even with the friends, like that triangle that you were talking about before, I think that was like a strong part in that area or period of skateboarding for me. But I would say after I sort of matured out of that, it became more of like a therapeutic kind of thing for me. Maybe just away from work, being stressed with work and everything. If you go skate, um, yeah, basically my mind was cleared up. I could, you're just concentrating on your tricks, you know, you're just having fun. And if you land stuff, then, you know, it just blows everything away and you, well, I felt pretty much refreshed after every session. So it was like a really like a therapeutic thing for me for a little while in that sense. So I could even like lone wolf it and go to this skate spot and skate for two hours or something and yeah, completely fine and refreshed in that sense So it's like a psychological thing and then I guess that's where it really goes into appreciating more in terms of like fun and enjoyment so like beyond therapy and I guess being more mature in life and being able to balance things out between work family and everything it really made me appreciate it more as something that I could have fun with and enjoy so it's not like i'm a skater and i just like tell everybody i'm a skater i'm a skater So this wasn't really like an identity anymore right yeah something i could do and have fun with although i still try to like support all the core brands per se (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah because i think you know skateboarding has done so much for me i'd like to give back to those who are really dedicated to it in in the industry Uh, it's it's hard to do that it's a difficult thing that i'm trying to i guess deal with at the moment in that
1: sense but you mean like zoomies and like element and like that kind of stuff right
2: west 49 man come on
1: yeah 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 that's right i'm canadian damn it it was new york man <laughs> Dude, we, sometime we'll do an episode on my obsession with new york yeah but i
2: think as we've matured skateboarding has also matured um you know all those guys they're still around, right? It's not like back in the eighties or nineties where they retire and disappear in a sense. No. Yeah. We, we still yeah. have these major pros from the nineties and well, early two thousands right now. And they're still part of the industry and influencing the industry. But at the same time, it's not, you know, have that one skater kind of fashion look, but now you have right. different and various types of different skaters. You can be whoever you want really. So from that perspective, I feel like it's in a good place. Cause I mean, I can be this old man dressed up like a dad and still be like skating the park with the other hip hop skater type of people or the punk rock type of people, you know, it's like,
1: yeah, I feel like it just to kind of piggyback on that. Like when we were, when we were growing up in skating, there was all this talk about how like it was this unifying thing, right. About <laughs> how like, you know, but that like, it was bullshit. Like there were cliques and like, You know, the, the, the hip hop skaters hated the punk rock skaters and, and like the punk rock skaters hated everybody else. And, and if you like, if you weren't on the right trend, you were a kook and you weren't like, you know, like there was so much bullshit in it. I think you're right. Like, I think now we're a lot closer as a, like, as a culture to that point of actually accepting people who are different from us and like valuing different contributions to the sort of aesthetic and cultural landscape of skateboarding. I think it's a lot more open now than it used to be. And, uh, I think that's another thing that kind of keeps me going now is seeing that and feeling like, I, I don't know, like I, I reached a point where I had almost felt ashamed to be associated with skateboarding because of like some mm-hmm. of the, I don't know, just some of the, the problematic or like, I, I, I'm not sure how to it. You ruin it for everybody, right? Like, yeah yeah and and industry sanctioned too right like that's that's the other thing it's like these people who are kind of like promoting these horrible ideas or ways of of being and yet they are supported by the companies that are fueling the industry right Mm -hmm. and um you know and that obviously filters down and you get this 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 culture of kids trying to emulate these other people and and whatever and it's just i don't know and and then i like whereas now i feel like we're entering a phase where it's something that i want to be associated with like Mm -hmm. um like you were saying like not necessarily like that's my identity but that is something that i'm proud to be a part of again because it it kind of more closely Realizes all of the things that I thought skateboarding would be when I started.
0: So you're saying that time I rolled up to the park a few months ago with my baggy pants and my alkaline trio t-shirt and that other crew of kid saying to me, "You can't wear baggy pants. You're a punk rock. So that's an outlier, right?" Like that. That's not...
1: <laughs> Did that happen for real? <coughs> no, it didn't. Oh, okay. it, 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 it didn't. No, I think
0: I think there's I think there's a common you know understanding that. Listen, I think it's I think it's less judgmental now. I think it's much more welcoming. You know, I think it I think it is skateboarding maturing in addition to us, you know, maturing and I think it's in a good place and I think it's headed in a in a in a good direction for sure. Definitely yeah. less antagonistic and aggressive.
1: I don't know yeah. if that's the right well, word, but I, I do think you're right. Like I think it's an issue of of maturing, right? And and a lot of people who were involved in kind of shaping the aesthetics and messaging. Of skateboarding were people who were purposefully rebelling against certain norms and ideas, right? And so, in the initial stages of that stuff, you get a lot of really just kind of petty, immature, like controversial for the sake of being controversial kind of stuff. And then, as you age and gain perspective and, uh, you know, experience things, you like in some ways you mellow but in other ways you just you learn how to direct that aggression right so yeah you know like the it becomes more intentional and more purposeful and more meaningful and less like uh you know i'm gonna put like a swear word on my board because that's gonna piss people off you know and, and more about like i'm gonna make a statement with with my artwork because you know something needs to be said about this issue or whatever mm. like I, I don't know like that's i guess that's how i see it or or how i hope it is i don't know
0: that's why fucking awesome boards are fucking awesome
1: yeah (laughs) genius i so have you seen like the the fucking awesome vans collaboration i think right now i I think that's what it was the like the logo on the on the shoe like the fucking awesome logo on the shoe is just the outline Mm -hmm. right so you don't actually see the words and i like i was looking at that and i was I don't know. Like, I I wonder about it. Like, I wonder, like, is that like a sort of soft censorship? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, or is it just this cool, like aesthetic design thing where like the outline looks pretty awesome, right? Like it looks good on the shoe. Not that, that I really am into graphics on shoes these days, but. Well,
2: there's probably all kinds of like regulations and so on that you have to go through if you want to have profanity on your product. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. Especially if you're owned by Vanity Fair,
1: Vans, right? (laughs) True.
2: Well, I I think, but but,
1: but wait, wait, oh, yeah, but Vans is core though. Right. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) talk about that at some
2: other time. I don't know. (laughs) As you were talking about that, um, John, something that hit my mind was the respect of others. As you mature, that's something that comes with you more, I guess, right? Like you think about, oh, maybe this street, you know, I'm going to be a bit loud. So maybe I'll go somewhere else. And maybe that's why. I only skate at parks now most of the time, but right thinking like the respect of others I think is something that should be valued um, and not glorified when you're not respecting others like security yeah. and stuff like that because you know it's, you just see sometimes this these clips and they're like celebrated and in terms of yeah the conflict and everything it's just yeah
1: yeah no I I agree completely
2: are we getting soft we're getting softer what's yeah, going, going on here what's- i am <laughs> getting so but I, yeah. I mean you can always talk it out right you don't have to like throw a punch you can just talk oh it true like and the yeah and it ruined the spots too I, if you beat someone up at that spot or i just caused so much trouble that you know they completely illegalize the spot there for some you know for yeah. skateboarding you ruin it for the others so if you yeah. i can talk it out and keep it peacefully and be like okay these guys can be respected if they can talk it out then even spot wise you know that helps i i'm gonna call out names Fuck it gx1000 for example like when they came yeah. to, and i don't know they ruined all these spots they were basically like killing all these spots and great footage and everything but at the same time i was like fuck. like can you be a bit more respectful <laughs> Like, yeah, thank you for show- doing all the skateboarding and everything. But at the same time, how are these other skaters locally going to skate these spots afterwards when you cause so much havoc, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a, an important part of the the dialogue now. Right. Like it's and, and I, I think it's kind of what I was trying to get at a little bit before too. like how you're, you know, you are operating outside of the boundaries of social norms and conventions but you're also stuck within them like you can't just you know like you have to navigate that you can't just barge and go crazy and and expect it all to be okay if you want it to be something sustainable you've got to find a way of interacting with people and with your environment that is gonna allow for that right yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) i i don't want to tangent into our last point of discussion but based on what you just said that i think that's something that really uh i wanted to talk about in terms of the weekly stoke should we have some like jeopardy type of music when we go into the weekly Stoke?
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it needs to be like something something that like like that uh that don't stop believing song something that'll like you know just get everybody happy
0: yeah upbeat positive yeah let's go (laughs)
2: Well, since I mentioned it, maybe I'll start it off then. <laughs> yeah, yeah you kept it. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> the suspense. Yeah. It's like, Just throw you it all you out. And, yeah, be quiet. <laughs> so we I have actually mentioned this to you guys too, but in terms of, I guess, the respect and so on, what you're mentioning earlier, John, um, Leo Valls really comes to mind. Like he's kept up a dialogue with his officials at Bordeaux, basically, and reviving spots and negotiating ways to put ledges all around the spot i mean all around the city virtually making like the city a skate spot um so like just having that dialogue and being i don't want to say mature but being real about it with other people outside of skateboarding and saying like we are willing to comply and you know make some um what's the word i guess compromises compromise that's the word i was looking for yeah We're willing to make some compromises like with one another like I think that's probably a really nice way to go about things. And it's a real success story in terms of what he's done, making the city skatable, bringing back old skate spots and having the city basically renew the ledges and the ground, making it more skatable and everything. So that's something that I've been really stoked on in that sense. And not to mention the latest, uh, Tom Knox, Atlantic drift yeah. skate part. I think so good one of the few skate parts i've recently watched more than once so yeah.
1: i've done that yeah leo leo Vals is i ever since uh seen minui i just uh, i've been kind of low-key in love with leo Vals. so like to to add this to it like not only is his skating like just so much fun to watch um but also like you said like he's Uh, Like in a way, he's kind of cracked the code, right? Like he he figured out a way of, of, you know, of working things for, you know, everybody's best interest. And uh, like, that's amazing. For sure. It almost uh, parallels um, like decriminalization of of marijuana in in certain ways, right? Because it's like, look, we're going to do this anyway. Let's just find a way that makes it work for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kudos to everything that that you know, all the contributions stuff. It's it's really sick. Shall I go with my weekly? I mean, I, I, I was, I came across that Nick Mullins documentary. Um, Steve Barra had posted a bunch about it, and I watched it, and um, really great piece. And I thought it fit very well with the topics that we were talking about. And kind of like you know, I've been skating for this long why do we keep doing it? You know, What have we got to show for it? You know, scars and stories, shinners, memories, you know, that feeling of happiness. And it's unfortunate what happened to, to, to Nick for sure. Um, but to see that drive, that dedication, you know, passion and, and love continue on, even though he doesn't, you know, he can't see he, he's blind pretty much. And it just, uh, it made me very happy that he, he found a reason to live again and, and found skateboarding again and, Uh, something that keeps him keeps him going and keeps him happy and then i was thinking about us too like what if people asked us or you know if we're asking us what what have we found and again super cliche but it's kind of like our fountain of youth right like you you find something that you really don't want to ever stop doing and the little you know how how short even if you think about a trick how long it lasts you know, sometimes you're doing a K grind and it feels like you're K grinding forever. But really, when you look at the footage, it's at most three seconds, four seconds. Like oh, Dude, that.
1: that's a huge K
0: grind. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, like, I mean, on my, on my curb at at that, but that those little things that you want to experience over and over again and recreate over and over again and keeps you, you know, young, keeps you grounded, keeps you happy. Yeah um that that would be my weekly stoke for sure that documentary was was great and fit very well with everything that we're talking about
1: nice i'll have to check it out i haven't actually watched it yet mine um i'm i'm hooked on on the glue promo smut it's just so good like it's so good i think i messaged you guys about this but i like i haven't been paying as close attention to like skate media and everything in in recent years and uh i decided like i just as i've been getting more excited about skating and everything again i decided to go out and buy a magazine and uh so i bought this thrasher and and it had an article about glue uh, and in the magazine like it just happened to be and it was just this moment where you know i i open up the magazine and there were like two or three ads with with women and there was this article about glue and leo baker and and like the Cher and Stephen, I forget how to say his last name, but like the glue team. um, And it's, it's everything we've been talking about, right? Like skateboarding has matured to the point where there's space for everyone, or at least it's on its way there. So like that in itself, um, just seeing like a a company and a team like glue and seeing that representation in mainstream skate media stoked me. And then since the promo came out, I was just like, it's such a rad video. It's it's so good. And like the, the aesthetic of it, the skating, like it's all so good. So I don't know if that's my, that's my stoke for the week.
0: No, that's sick. Do we need to, should we say like, all right, like, you know, this is see you guys next time or I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess
2: we should have an ending, right? (laughs) Looking forward to catching up with you guys again next (laughs) week. Let's keep it going. Keep it real. Yeah, yeah. I gotta save my wife right. and the kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, thanks yeah. a lot, guys. I I really I, I really appreciate this. Likewise.
2: How long am I gonna be sponsorless? Yeah right <laughs> yeah, that's true that that yeah. is true once that is once the true, first absolutely. episode's
1: up i can i can't imagine us not being showered with gifts and money right yeah that's how it works right
0: i mean i guess we can say something like you know life escape talk welcome fuck i fucked it up again like <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>